That's why I'm not huge on resolutions like that. I think if we, uh, and, and none, none of those in the statistics that I read had anything to do with making a, a resolution to serve the Lord or to be saved or anything like that or start reading the Bible. Uh, it was all just kind of physical things. And so in recent years, I got to where I don't think a lot about resolutions, but I do think about new beginnings. I think it's, it's all right for us to come to the place in our life from time to time where we say, you know, I tried something, it didn't work, and I'm, I'm ready to do something different. I want to live for God. We're approaching the end of the year, and, and for some people that may bring discouragement or even despair to think about the previous year. Maybe it didn't go the way you wanted it to, and maybe look back on your failures, your procrastinations. Got any procrastinators in here? Anybody procrastinate? Yeah. Thank you. You're some honest people. Some honest people. Yeah. Uh, the rest of you're probably lying. <laughs> um, I I had a little procrastination at one time, uh, but I got rid of it. I don't do it anymore. Don't ask my wife about this. <laughs> we have crumbled plans. We we have decided maybe somewhere in the past year or years where we plan to do some things and somehow they come crumbling down into dust maybe in relationships or hopes and dreams that we had and you can choose to look back and mourn over those things and nurse those hurts or you might just say Lord I believe I can go forward with your help and I want to have a restart a new start your computer ever get, get kind of clogged up and like mine does on Sunday morning, I started two hours this morning trying to get my notes transferred over, and uh, they were uploading to iCloud, and which is usually instantaneous, but the devil gets involved on Sunday mornings, and those notes were uploading and uploading and uploading. I finally left home. I thought, well, I got to go to church, and so I'll uh, I'll go out there and see if the if the Wi-Fi out there will solve the problem. So I got out here, same thing, restarted the computer, you know, and do all of that stuff, and it still didn't work. So as a last-minute resort, I thought, well, I, I could print out all of my notes, but that puts a big strain on the printer to print out 100 pages, and so, <laughs> you're supposed to laugh right there. And so I decided to email that file to myself and see if that would work. Well, somehow at that moment when I sent that email, so all, all of a sudden, the uh, iCloud uploaded all of my sermon notes and they were there available. And so sometimes you have to restart your computer when things kind of get bogged down. Or our lives get bogged down and we may have had plans that fail and dreams that didn't come true. And it's time to push the restart button and begin all over again. And you don't want to stay, uh, you don't want to stay locked up and imprisoned in past failures. And in our text in Ezra chapter 1, We'll read the first three verses. We'll see the, the Israelites hitting the reset button and they're starting all over again. You remember the story how they, the Israelites, started out. Man, they come out of Egypt, out of their bondage down there and, and they entered into the promised land eventually and they were all excited about moving into the promised land and God blessed them. And They had some glory days with, with King David and with King Solomon and then the kingdom divided into two, northern kingdom and southern kingdom. 
And uh, God warned them a number of times as they begin to devolve into idolatry. God warned them that this is not going to work. You know, you're going to have to pay if you don't straighten up. And they just kept on going in the wrong direction. And finally God lowered the boom on them and sent the northern kingdom into Assyria as captives and the southern kingdom into Babylon. And in Babylon, 70 years, finally they were released. They get to come back to their homeland. The temple's been demolished by the invasion of Babylonian king. And so now they... They're going back to Babylon, or going back from Babylon to Israel and to rebuild their temple and to start over again. And that's, that's where we see in chapter 1 of Ezra, verse number 1. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, the king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of Heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God, which is in Jerusalem. So, after seeing all the glory days going into then captivity and finally being released, God says, I'm going to let you go back again and try this again. And so now they're ready to go back, and that's where we pick up in our sermon tonight. Let's pray together, and then we'll start. Father, I pray that you'd bless us. Lord, as we look into thy word, Lord, we're, we're just looking for answers. We're looking for encouragement. We're looking for directions and instructions. Lord, we're just looking for you to guide us, not just in 2024, but... All of our lives, we need guidance, Lord. We're just, uh, we're pretty much a helpless people. And without you, we'll surely fail. And we failed in the past. And Lord, we, we're sorry about those failures. We don't want to live there. We want to push the reset button and forget those failures and press towards the high mark of the high calling of the Lord Jesus. I pray that you'd help us to get a, a new vision tonight, a new dream. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we want to give the... The message tonight, a title of Reconstructing Your House of Dreams. Reconstructing Your House of Dreams. You ever build a house out of playing cards? You know, you stand them up on the end and stack one on top of it, and you kind of prop them up. You get a big old house of cards built. Sometimes it gets knocked over, <coughs> and you pick it up and start over again. When I was in Denver, the pastor there that I worked for told me about the days when they first built their new church there in Denver. <coughs> and <coughs> excuse me, he had a dream of building a new church. They'd been having services in some public facilities around town, and and they finally got uh, approved for a loan to build a new church building. Man, they were excited about it. They built up, built up a nice uh, foundation. Got that thing; it's a real tall foundation with a basement under it, and then the subfloor on top, and. Put the studs on top of the subfloor, and then they get the roof trusses up. Man, they got the whole frame up. The whole skeleton is there. They're really excited. Man, the dream is coming true. And then high winds, cyclonic winds came down off of the Rocky Mountains and smashed that frame right flat like a flitter. I mean, it's flat as a pancake. Well, they didn't quit. You know what they did? They cleaned up the rubble and started building again. 
they started rebuilding their house of dreams and it still stands today that house that got demolished in the 60s and there's another church that occupies that building now the dream didn't die and your dream doesn't have to die the Jews dream of having a temple for God didn't die the reconstruction of the flattened temple was begun by people who still had a dream and that's what we're going to kind of look at tonight. We can take some encouragement from the fact that God gave them another opportunity to rebuild that dream, that house of their dreams. Fresh reconstruction. First thing that we'll notice out of our passage of Scripture is that that dream, that house, that reconstruction was possible and it was permitted in Ezra 1-3, three, there where we read in our text, he says, Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. God's permission was there. God's instruction was there. God's command was there. God doesn't want us to stop and just be content to live in the ashes of what burned down yesterday, but he wants us to start over again. And this was permitted by God. Uh, have you ever made plans that just kind of fell flat? You thought, thought man, I, I thought I knew where we were going. I thought I knew how this was going to turn out. And boy, like that building, it was splat. Have you maybe had some relationships that are strained or maybe some service for the Lord that just didn't gain, didn't gain any traction? Uh, maybe you got sidetracked by some besetting sin. Perhaps there will be folks who always are ready to throw in the towel, but I don't think that's what God intends for us to do. And just like there's some people who are always ready to throw some water on your fire, you catch on fire for the Lord, there's somebody who wants to throw some water on you. Somebody wants to throw a wet blanket on you. You're ready to do something for God, they'll tell you why you can't. They'll tell you a reason why it won't work. I remember when we started this church, I had people uh, <coughs> say, does, does Rick really think God will bless that little old church? Does, does, does he really think that will survive down there in Searcy? Well, it's been 27 years, and so far it's not big, but it's still here. I think if God has plans and we get on board with his plans, some things can work out. But there's people who will tell you you can't. But God does not set you on a shelf permanently. If there's a repentance, there can be reconstruction. Our text informs us that there was a king who would sanction that rebuilding of that temple for the Jews. He said, yeah, you can go build it. You can build it for the glory of God. He said, I think this is the will of God that you do it. And you and I who have dreams who, that have been shattered, your house came come crumbling down, that house of dreams... If it's in the will of God, He's willing to let you try it again. I believe in the God of second chances. And there is a God who will give you that second chance if you're willing to go His way. Now the second thing we see, <coughs> that this reconstruction of the Jews were going to build that temple, it was problematic. There were some obstacles. They had a long journey, as long ways from Babylon back to Israel. I mean, that was a long ways. 
they had to go up the Euphrates and Tigris River Valley all the way up there to the north and then turn back down south to come back into the promised land. They had a long, dusty journey. They had to organize and get ready for the journey. And they met with opposition on the way. Uh, in chapter 5 of Ezra, verse 3, it says, At the same time there came to them Tatnai, governor of on this side of the river, and Shetharbazani. Now there's a new name for you boys, ladies. If you want to have a boy baby, name him Shetharbozni. I guarantee you'd be the only one around that had a boy of that name. And their companions, and they said thus unto them, Who hath commanded you to build this house and make up this wall? There's always somebody that'll step out there and say, What business have you got doing this? What do you mean trying to what do you mean by trying to do something for the Lord? What do you mean by trying to witness for the Lord? What do you mean by going to church every week? Who do you think you are anyway? What do you think you can do for God? Why you have no power? You're not rich. You're not popular. You're not skilled. You can't do anything for God. There's always people that will throw that wet towel on you. Oswald Chambers, in his book, My Utmost for His Highest, said, Thank God He gives us difficult things to do. (laughs) Thank God He gives us difficult things to do. You know why? Because difficult things strengthen you. In exercise, that one resolution that everybody makes and don't keep. <laughs> Exercise, you heard this, no pain, no gain. I mean, you've got to stretch those muscles. You've got, to, you've got to lift those weights. You've got to stress your muscles out a little bit. You let them rest a little bit in between to let them heal up, and then you stretch them some more. And you keep on exercising until you get stronger and stronger and stronger. And when God lets these these trials, these tribulations, these obstacles come into your life, He uses them to strengthen you. Do you believe that? He's going to strengthen you because you've got, you've got to depend on Him and He's going to be your strength. And as you rely on Him more, your faith increases, you grow, you start searching the Scriptures more. You start listening to what the Lord has to say. You start finding out what His will is and you get stronger. So thank God. Yeah, thank God for difficult things that come. I heard uh, Coach Muss say in an interview in the last week or so about his basketball team. Somebody said, what do you do? Pick those teams early in the year, the ones you know you're going to beat? He said, no, we pick some that's going to be a challenge. We don't want the ones that's going to be real easy to beat. We want the ones that's going to press us so we know where our weaknesses are and we can outgrow those weaknesses. And that's the way it is in a Christian life. We face obstacles and we let them make us stronger. Job, the story of Job, he had riches. He had authority. He had land. He had a wonderful family. And then along comes all these problems. I mean, he had these invaders come in and kidnap some of his kids and had a cyclone come and blow away his camels, had fire to hit and burn up the things of the sheep and some of their servants. All these things happened. Old Job found himself sitting in an ash heap with nothing. He had it all and then suddenly it's all gone. 
He said, naked came I into this world, and naked shall I leave. Didn't carry anything out. Not going, didn't carry anything in. I'm not going to carry anything out. He just kept on trusting God. Even his wife came to him. While he's sitting there scratching himself in the, in the ash heap, his wife came and said, how can you worship God at a time like this? Why don't you just curse God and die? <laughs> Wouldn't it be a blessing to have a spouse like that? Um, you know what he said? He said, I'm still going to serve God. And you know what happened? Because he faced those obstacles and he didn't give up on God, he didn't think God had it out for him. In the, in the final analysis, at the end, he was blessed with twice as much as he had before. And you and I get stronger when we face obstacles. Don't let anybody tell you you can't serve God. Don't let anybody throw a wet blanket on your dreams. I've got a friend up in Missouri he was a missionary. He and his wife were on the mission field in another country. And she got involved with one of the uh, men in that country, left her husband. And he was heartbroken. I mean, this is not what he wanted. He went there to be a missionary and win people to the Lord, build churches in a foreign land. But it squashed his heart. Most of his supporting churches dropped him, and so he came home and got things in his own mind straightened out, his own heart straightened out. And later on, he decided to start a church here in the States. He'd remarried, and, and, his, and his new wife, was uh, she was behind him 100%. They were real sweethearts. And, and so he started over again in a new kind of ministry. But you know what? Some of the faithful brethren that didn't like it because he'd been married before, said, he, he's not going to do anything for God. God won't use him. And they wouldn't fellowship with him. They just bad-mouthed him. And he refused to give up. And he's still pastoring today. After 20 or 25 years or so, he's still going. There's somebody to throw a wet blanket on your dreams. But you can still build, rebuild that house that crumbled. The reconstruction was provisioned. I'll give you this one and then we'll, we'll call it a night. It was provisioned, meaning that the needs for this rebuilding were supplied. Now, you know the scripture that we mentioned this morning. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. He is your provider. I mean, we, we give dozens of verses out of the Psalms where where God provides. And I've heard the saying, and I believe it to be true, where God, guide, where God guides, he provides. And in Ezra 1, 4, it says, And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts, beside the freewill offering of the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Verse 7 says, And also Cyrus the king brought forth the vessels of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had brought forth out of Jerusalem, and he put them in the house of his gods. And so Cyrus gave, gave them the, the vessels, the golden precious vessels back for the house of the Lord. Provision was made. These Jews said, we're going to go back and we're going to rebuild that house of dreams. We're going to start over again. And with God as our helper, we're going to do it. And so here comes all these blessings. 
Here's the provisions. You're financed, Ezra. You've got the goods. The Lord's supplying. Go to it. And so he was determined to rebuild the house of God and God provided for him. When you decide that you're going to get up out of the ashes, go forth, not let anybody throw a wet blanket on your dreams, you decide to rebuild that house of dreams, if you're in God's will about it, he will provide so you can do it. Offerings were taken and even Cyrus himself got involved. You know, God has a way of meeting needs. When you decide to do to rebuild, and it even if it's been something you were involved in that was a complete failure, even if it was sinful, but you've repented and you said, I'm going to start over again. And this time I'm going to do what I'm going to do in the will of God. God will help you out. Uh, I've told this story before. It's been a long time, so if you've heard it, pretend you didn't. <laughs> the woman was always praising the Lord. And she's real vocal about it. She'd, she'd pray in her house and on the back porch and on the front porch and she's just praising the Lord. And oh, atheists live next door to her. And he, he'd hear her praying and praising the Lord and it'd just make him mad. And he'd, he'd tell her, I, I, that's just stuff that happened. God didn't meet your needs. That stuff just happened. Uh, that's not God. There ain't no God. <coughs> well, one day he heard her praying. <coughs> and so he's going to teach her a lesson. She's praying she was out of groceries. And she was saying, Lord, you know, I don't have any money to buy the groceries and, and, and we're just out. And we need some groceries, Lord. And he, the old atheist heard her praying. So deciding he's going to teach her a lesson, he goes down to the grocery store and buys a couple of bags of groceries and sets them on her front porch. Well, she comes out and discovers those groceries and she starts, praise the Lord. The Lord's brought me some groceries. God's really taking care of me. The old atheist came out of his house next door. He said, woman, I'll have you to know, I bought those groceries myself. She said, oh, praise the Lord. You gave me groceries and made the devil pay for them. <laughs> God has a way of meeting your needs. When I was decided it was time to go back to Bible college, I'd left early, needing one more year to graduate. And a number of years had passed. I was wanting to go back. And, and so I called Brother Vineyard up, the pastor out there, and, and a fairly good-sized church. And so I figured he probably won't even want to hear from me because I left there against his counsel in the first place. He's probably mad at me. But I called him up and I said, you know, I, I want to come back to Bible college and finish that last year. And he always called me Brother Ricky. Everybody else called me Rick, but he called me Ricky. He said, Brother Ricky, I'd be glad to have you come back. I said, well, Brother Vineyard, I, I'm going to come as soon as I can. I, I'm, I've made up my mind I'm coming, but I'll have to save up a little money first. I did not even got the money to rent a U-Haul truck to move our furniture with at this point, but I, I just want to make sure you wasn't mad at me and you'd let me come back. He said, oh, yeah, we'll have you back. We'd love to have you back. He said, and about that U-Haul truck, he said, I'll pay for that thing if you want to come on. <laughs> God's got a way of providing now, I didn't get to go at that time, but he was willing to pay for it. And uh, through some other circumstances, the Lord met the financial needs, and we did eventually get to go back. But I'm just saying, God has a way. Your house of dreams comes crashing down, and if you repent of any wrongdoing, and you get your heart right with God, and you head in the right direction, and you're in God's will, he'll say, good, I'm glad you're coming. I'll help you pay the bill, and he'll supply your needs. God provides a blessing <clears throat> for you and those who 
<coughs> those who help you. We sometimes forget that God's on our side. You know that? God's on our side. If we're not living in sin, if we've repented, we're doing right, we're headed in the right direction, trying to find His will, He's on our side. But we forget that sometimes and think we're going it alone. You don't want to ever forget that God's there to help you out. Forgetfulness. You've heard the story about the, the three sisters. They were aged 92, 94, and 96, and they lived in a house together. And One of them was upstairs, and she was, she'd run a tub of water, and she's getting ready to get in the bathtub, and she got one foot in, and suddenly she hollered down the stairway, and she said, Hey! She said, I'm halfway in the bathtub. I can't remember if I was getting in or getting out. And the other, one of the other sisters downstairs, the one who's 94, said, uh, well, I don't know either, but let me come up there and we'll figure it out. So she started up the stairway and she got halfway up and she stopped. And she hollered back down the stairs. She said, I don't remember if I'm going up the stairs or going down. So the 96-year-old went down the stairs and said, I can't believe this out of both of you. Just never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll come and take care of it. And she said, I can do this. And she knocked on wood just to make sure. And about that time she was knocking on the wood, she said, wait a minute, I'll come and see about you as soon as I see who's at the door. <laughs> Don't want to forget about God being able to help. He can help. He doesn't forget you, and you ought not to forget Him. God is standing ready to rescue you from your failures, from your house of dreams that came crashing down. Now, it might be that that house of dreams wasn't what God wanted in the first place, but you can have a house of dreams. And if, if you're in God's will, He's going to help you see that it comes to pass. <coughs> and He will empower you for rebuilding that house of dreams. Do you need some encouragement for it? Hey, if, if people get a vision for doing something for God, doing something in life that's worthwhile, if you, need, if you can't find anybody else to encourage you, come and see me. We'll encourage each other. We'll figure out whether it's right or not, and we'll figure out if we can get in God's will and get it done, and I believe he'll do it. <coughs> the re reconstruction was positive, by the way. The Jews got back to their homeland. They built the temple. It was finished, and they were on a new second chance run the restart button was pushed, and they're on their way again. Now, the truth is we'll have more than one house of dreams that might come crashing down. And if it does, it doesn't matter if it's happened once or twice or three times. God always wants us to start over again for him. A just man falls seven times, yet he riseth up again. There's no place to quit. Just keep on going. Set yourself a dream and pursue it. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and thank you for the encouragement we can see from Israel's second chance. Lord, they failed over and over again. And, and Lord, we know you're still yet going to give them another chance, and this time it's going to work. This time they're going to see you. This time they're going to accept the Lord Jesus. Lord, when you come back in the tribulation time, they're going to see the truth, and they're going to receive the Lord and that's, that chance is going to turn out good they're going to do it Lord I pray you'd help us who have failed we've made our plans 
They didn't work out. We had relationships that didn't work. Lord, maybe it's finances. Maybe it's family. Could be a number of things. But maybe somehow things just didn't work. Lord, help us not to give up, nor give in, nor be deterred by anybody's naysaying that might try to throw a wet towel on us. Lord, help us to keep on going for you.